Amen. What a wonderful song. Truly, there's a lot of truths. In that song, as much as we really want to give all our love to God, but the fact is we cannot out-love Him, right? Because of His marvelous and wonderful and bountiful and wonderful love to us. And aren't you glad that there is someone there is someone up there that truly loves us. Amen? And it was not just a, a fairy tale kind of love, but it is a very truthful kind of love because there was an evidence, there was a demonstration and a manifestation of His love to us. And what was that? He has given His life. Amen? He died on the cross for our salvation to show that we truly are loved, and that is someone loves us so much. All right, so good morning, everyone, and I'm really excited today, and I hope that you are. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I can survive with my mask on, but maybe I can. All right, so Shall we all stand, please, and let us grab our Bibles, and let's go to the Word. Okay, just pray with me that I'm not going to pass out, <laughs> but I think it's... it's <laughs> no, I think I'll be fine. All right, so let's open our Bibles in the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 115, verse 14. We'll only be reading one verse today. But as we have our message, um, as we go along with our message this morning, I believe uh, we'll be able to read most of the verses from this chapter. All right, so are you there? Psalm 115, verse 14. Okay, let's read it all together. If you're there, ready, begin. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we are so grateful once again for this wonderful opportunity that we have, Lord God, the fact that we can all be gathered here. And wow, we have a really good attendance this morning. We praise the Lord God for the bravery, the courage that you have given to each one to come out and be here in your house of worship, to, to enjoy the presence of each one and also to enjoy your presence, Lord God, with us today. And we believe that as uh, your word said that where two or three are gathered together in your name, there am I, there you are in our midst. And we claim, and we know that you are here with us, Lord. You know what we are doing right now. Both of your eyes are active, and you know, Lord God, who is listening and who is not. And even, Lord, those who are worshiping with us from the comforts of their home, I believe that you are very well aware of what they are um, what they're doing right now. And I just pray, Lord God, that we will all be focused in worshiping you today because truly that we believe that this is your day. Every day is your day, Lord God. And we just want to focus and meditate on your word and help us, Lord God, to listen, to be able to really hear clearly your message for us today. And Lord, I pray that you forgive us from the many sins that we have committed and Lord, I pray that your strength will be seen, will be demonstrated, and the people won't see my weaknesses. Lord, hide me behind thy cross and open our eyes so that we will be able to behold wonderful things out of thy law. And may the Holy Spirit's power be evident in our midst today. This is all we pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen. You may now be seated. I want to show off my mask because this was given to me by Sister Myra. It was her Christmas gift to me, so I'm just going to keep it on. Hopefully she's watching with us right now. And, you know, let's keep on praying for her. We know that it's, uh, she's, um, she just had an accident and she just had her surgery. And uh, that's, not a, that's a very difficult situation. So let's keep her in our prayers. And to those who are, you know, still recuperating from this virus. All right, so the verse that we have read, the Bible says, the Lord shall increase you more and more you and your children. And the title of our message this morning, The Lord Shall Increase You More and More. And this is actually a great, you know, theme for this year. Lord, please increase me. I want more. But the, thing, but, but the question is, what are the things that we want more from God? 
this year. All right, so from, I was mistaken, Pastor Sam, it's, this is already our fourth Sunday this month, okay, because I was like yelling there. It's only the third, but it's actually the fourth. And I believe, I just noticed from the previous preachings that we have been hearing, since, you know, this month is the first month of this year, January, we've been asked and we've been told about, have, have we done some resolutions this year? And, you know, I don't need to ask you what is the number one resolution, but most of the resolution that we want to do is we want to, for example, when it comes to eating, when it comes to dieting, we want to what? Cut back, right? We want to cut something with the way we're eating, those unhealthy ones. What are the things that we need to cut? Rice, right, rice. Foods that have a lot of calories, carbs, carbohydrates, right? So rice, we want to, you know, cut back with those things. And also some of the resolutions, we want to have lesser time or we want to have less time uh, on those things that don't actually matter in our lives. So those are the things that we want to cut, you know, cut back or make less time with those. For example, sometimes we spend so much time in social media, right? But for this year, Lord, I want to have lesser time because it's taking too much time uh, from me, um, you know, looking at all the posts of my friends from Facebook and also maybe some of you, you want to cut back watching some K-dramas, right? <laughs> Uh, that binge time, you want to cut it back a little bit. You want to spend less time from those things because you want to spend more time, you know, on other important things. And you know what? The truth is, when we cut something back or when we put lesser time from something, we need to put, we need to replace something that we want to spend more time with, right? That's also when it comes to repentance, right? When we... Say repentance, that is literally you're telling God, Lord, I want to turn from this specific sin, right? We want to turn from this sin, and it doesn't end there. When we repent before God, we want to turn from this sin, but then it doesn't end there. We want now to turn to God. That's actually full repentance, right? When we ask forgiveness from God, Lord, I'm not going to do these things, and now I'm going to do this now. Alright, so we've been hearing a lot of resolutions about putting less time there, cutting back. But you know what? Our God wants us to do more things for Him, especially this year. You know, the new goal for this year is more. That's why our, the title of our message is, The Lord shall increase you more and more. And I believe that the God that we are serving is the God that is full of blessings that He wants to pour out to his children. Amen. Do you believe that the God we are serving right now is a blesser God? Is full of blessings? Amen. The reason why, you know, we can still gather here because we believe that God hears our prayers. I know the Bible is filled with verses and promises containing the word more. You know, the word more. And we will look at many of these verses as we explore this word. For example, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, the Bible says, If ye then, being evil, you know who these evil are? Us. We are sinners. If we are evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him. Amen. That's why this year we need a lot more Praying. Amen. Are we still doing our prayer chain ministry? All right. So those who are, I, don't, I know it's not already, it's not posted there already, like the names, the schedules and all that. But it's only us who can really face God and tell him I'm still doing it. You know, because this year we truly would like to spend more time in praying because we still believe that God is the God who answers our prayers. He is alive. He listens to us. Amen. And I believe there's a lot of praying that we have to do because a lot of things that we need in our lives and not just in our lives, but the lives around us. You know, just this week, I've received a lot of petitions and prayer requests from my friends all around the globe. 
from the Philippines, you know, asking this and asking that. And that is such a great privilege because this year we can do that. You know, we can do a lot of praying because we believe that the Father that we have in heaven is, you know, is very desirous just to give us good things and answer us. And of course, but of course we know the answer to all our prayers. Sometimes God would just say yes. Sometimes God would just say no. But sometimes God would just want us to wait. But we still have to keep to keep on praying. Amen? For this year, we need to do more praying. Not just that. John 15, 12. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. John 15, 12. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring more fruit. So for this year, folks, members of Bergen Bible Baptist Church, to all the Christians that are listening to my voice right now, we need to bear more fruit this year. Amen. If you are a Christian, you are a believer. You are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Lord's will for us, first of all, is to bear fruit. You know, to bear fruit. And there are lots of kinds of fruit in the Bible. As a Christian, we need to bear fruit. And you know what? Here, the Bible says, if, you need, uh, if you're going to bear fruit, He purgeth it. What is purging? It is something that is not good, right? It's going to hurt you. The purging part. You know, and you know what? This is like the testing of God in our lives. And I believe this pandemic is purging from God. And may this pandemic not cause us not to bear our fruit, but will cause us more to bear fruit. Because our bearing of fruit doesn't depend on the circumstances that we have, but it depends on the connection that we have with Him. Amen? So this year we have to bear more fruit. Another thing in Mark 12, 43, And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. We have to do a lot of more giving. This is such a perfect example. And you know what? This is the time where Christ was living here on earth. And he went to the temple and he was just observing how people are giving their, you know, offerings to God. And the context of this, you know, a lot of different status of people were going to the temple to give their offering to God. And the Bible noticed that a lot of rich people, they were able to give a lot of thanks to God. Why? Because they are rich. But this poor widow, you know, this poor widow caught the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he said that he, uh, she was the one who gave more. But if we're going to count the money or whatever that they have given there, it should have been the rich people. They, because they're rich, they have given more, they have given a lot more. But how come? Is Christ blind? Is he aware of how much the rich people gave money? But how come he's saying that the poor widow was the one who gave more? Why? Because that was all she had. You know, those rich people, even though they give a lot, but the question is, that there's still a lot that was left from them. This poor widow, she gave it all. She gave everything that she had to God. You know what, this year, in order for us to be blessed by God, this is a principle in the Bible that actually, it doesn't make sense sometimes, but it does. You know what I mean? That when you give, you will be blessed more. Amen? So what do we have to do more? In Psalm 71, verse 14, But I will hope continually and yet praise thee more and more. So this year, we need to do more praising. More praise. Not praise for ourselves, not praise for anyone else in this room, but praise to the one who deserves our worship. Praise to the one who created us. Praise to the one who has given his life for us. We need to do a lot more praising this year. Amen. We have to be excited every time there's an opportunity of gathering, an opportunity to give praise to God. Amen. And our praising doesn't just happen on Sunday. These two-hour service that we have, I believe in the life of Christian, praising is every day of our lives. 
Amen? Praising is 24-hour. Praising God for all the things that He has done. The moment that we wake up in the morning and the minute that we get back to our sleep, we are supposed to be giving praise to God. The psalmist says, I will hope continually and yet praise thee more and more. Another thing in Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more. There you go again, the word more, as you see the day approaching. We need to have more church. Amen. And praise God. You know, there are folks right now that we haven't seen for a long time, and now they're here, and we praise God. We're happy to see you. It is such a great encouragement, you know, to see, you know, um, our fellow brethren, you know, uh, taking the courage, you know, taking the boldness to be in the house of worship on Sunday. And also, of course, we appreciate those who are worshiping with us online. You know, and thank God, because truly our worship doesn't, it's not in the place. This place, you know, if you're not here, then you're not worshiping. No, that's not true. Because God is everywhere. As long as we have the right heart, we have the right spirit, we can worship God anywhere. That's why we believe that those who are worshiping with us online, you are at the same level worshiping with us today. Amen? Because you are worshiping a true God. Well, it, it depends on what you're doing right now, but I hope that you are doing it accordingly. But... It is always good to be in the house of worship and to praise God, you know, and not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. You know, I was just imagining, you know, that this pandemic is like we are in the ark, like Noah. When will be the time that there will be a dove that will give us the dry leaves and that will give us the signal, oh, we can all come out and enjoy the, out, the great outdoors? Because right now, you know, some are still in the ark, uh, they are afraid of getting out because the floods are still everywhere. It's going to give them troubles and all that. And yes, we do accept the reality of this virus that we are in. You know, but I don't know if it's still going to come that you know, everything will be normalized, like 100%. No more virus. You can get out of the ark and enjoy the great outdoors. But if that still have not happened... We need to make the most of everything that we have right now. And thank God that we can still worship Him in His house. What else should we do? This is, oh, this is still a, our introduction, amen? These are not the points. It's 1 Corinthians 15.10. Are you still with me? Amen. amen. By the but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but, but, but the grace of God which was with me. Church, and I'm not just talking to all the, you know, church leaders or the officers or the pastors. This is for everyone. If you're a Christian, we need to do more laboring, more serving, more ministering, amen? And I believe the great ministry that we have is the Great Commission, amen? Because in Acts chapter 5, verse 14, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, because this year we want to pray for more souls that we can um, offer to God that we'll be saved. So our text this morning in Psalm 115, verse 14, there's something different about this verse and many of these other verses that we just read. Many of these verses refer to us doing more, right? If you've noticed that. And many of them refer to more of certain things. But in Psalm 115, verse 14, the more in this verse is God increasing us. Amen? And when, when I read that verse, wow, Lord, I know that... That was mainly to the Israelites. But I believe, you know, as a Christian, we can also um, take this verse to us because a lot of more things was also repeated in the New Testament. Now, let's look at the context of this verse. I'm going to share with you four main things about um, the Lord increasing us more. Number one, let's see here the focus of more. The focus of more. 
If we're going to go to the first verse of our chapter, Psalm 115, the Bible says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us. It was repeated twice, right? But unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Amen. You know what? It is absolutely essential that our motivation for more, Lord, I want to increase more. But you know the key? The most essential motivation for more is not just a selfish and covetous reason. You know, this whole idea of more must consist because of an underlying desire to bring God the more glory. You know what? Notice how adamant David is here to make sure that the glory goes to God, not unto us. You know, David was saying, Lord, not unto us. And he repeated it twice, not unto us. And we believe, we know that God is a jealous God and will not share his glory with anyone. You know, God's response to several key Bible figures that failed to give him the glory due unto him is very severe. I'm going to give you two examples from the Bible who took the glory instead of giving to God. All right, let's look to uh, Daniel chapter 5. Let's speak up to Daniel cha I mean, chapter 4, verse 29 to 37. All right, so this is a, a lot of scripture passage. Let me just open it there. And um, we will read it, amen? Do we have time? Yes, we have to make time for God's word. You know, sometimes when the preacher says, if it's a long scripture, uh, for the sake of time, uh, I hope that we will not read it right now, but just read it when you get home. But the question is, who is actually reading those verses from their homes? Is there anyone? Raise your hand. See, no one. So we'll read the verse, amen? Just wait for me. I'm still opening my Bible there. Daniel chapter 4. So this is the story of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse 29 to 37. Daniel chapter 4, verse 29 to 37, the Bible says, And at the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. Remember, he had a dream and he wanted an interpretation of that dream. And he was asking all his astrologers, can you please interpret him? But no one can interpret it to him except Daniel. But he doesn't have any idea what his dream about. It was not like Joseph when he had a dream. It was a good dream because his dream was a positive one that everything will bow down to him. You know, those grains, those stars will fall down to him. But I believe if Nebuchadnezzar just had an idea what his dream is all about, he wouldn't ask what was dream. What was the dream? Okay, let's keep on. What verse are we now? 32. All right, you're following. Amen. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers, and his nails like birds' claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand and, or say unto him, What doest thou? We still have two more verses. And at the same time, my reason returned unto me. And for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and, my, and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. So what happened here? 
What happened to Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible? According to Daniel, the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar suffers from mental illness and lives isolated life for how many years? Seven years until he acknowledges the power of the one God. You know, the question, was Nebuchadnezzar a bad king? Babylon is routinely characterized as a city of sin and evil, and Nebuchadnezzar appears in the book of Daniel as a stubborn tyrant or a leader who recognizes the power of Daniel's God, but will not submit to him until he is literally driven insane and is then restored. Would you let that happen to you first before you acknowledge that you don't have to deserve or to get all the glory? To become like Nebuchadnezzar, he, he was like insane for seven years of his life. He wasn't recognized as human anymore. Because we believe that the glory only belongs to God. And another severe situation here in Acts chapter 12, verse 21 down to verse number 23. Herod! And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. I told you this is very severe, right? That actually and literally happened in the Bible. And this is in the New Testament. You know, if our primary motivation for increase of wanting more is to be bigger or greater than someone else, you know what? It will never, never happen. And if it does, it will only destroy us. God will not honor a selfish glory seeker. God is not going to do anything for you that will take glory away from himself. You know, we miss Brother Dennis. You know, he has an iconic song that he always sings, God and God alone. The last part of that verse, let everything that lives reserve its truest praise for God and God alone. Amen? All the praises and glory only belongs to God. The focus of our more is to give glory to God. Amen? The next one, not just the focus of more, but the facilitator. Facilitator of more, or the mediator, the organizer of more. Now we'll be reading from our text, Psalm 115. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Psalm 115, from verse 2 down to verse number 8, the Bible says, Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. You know, the heathen that worship idols and false gods, they have no hope of that more. Amen? They don't have hope of that more. The heathen prefer a God they can see as opposed to our God who is in heavens. Yes, we cannot see our God because our God is a spirit. Amen? And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. But even though we don't see our God, He is still real. It doesn't change the fact that He is real. Yes, He is in the heavens, but we believe that He is also here with us because of His omnipresence. But make no mistake, our God has the power to do whatsoever He hath pleased. You know, the gods of the heathens, they are created. Ours is the creator. Amen? Their gods are seen with the human eye. Our God made the human eye. Their gods are silver and gold. 
Our God made silver and gold. Their God is the work of man's hands. Our God made man's hands. Then David goes into this long list of things that the heathen idols have that do not work, right? The verses that we have read, these idols are the epitome of false hope. You know, you can actually sit and watch the mouth of an idol for decades, for 10 years, for more and more, but it will not speak to you, right? You can work for a lifetime in front of your idols, but they cannot see you. You can pray for hours and hours to your idols. They cannot hear you. You can expect help. You're actually the one who's going to help them. You can expect them to help you, but their hands cannot do anything. You cannot walk with a false god. Their feet cannot walk. But praise God because our facilitator of more blessings, of more increase, is a living God. Amen. He has, he has eyes that cannot see. He has hands that can work. Amen. And praise God for that. And you know what? Um, I know a lot of people here, this used to be our beliefs before, that we worship. And the Bible is very clear that thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Amen. And a lot of people say, oh, this is not, we know that that's not actually the God. We just want to have like a figure of something. But if you want to have a figure, maybe we, you can use the Bible instead. Because this is the very thing that God has left us. Amen. He did not leave us any images or any pictures or what sort of. He has given us the Bible. Amen. See those idols. They'd have those uh, body parts, but they don't actually function. Amen. So let's move on. The forecast of more. Forecast. Or the prediction or the expectation. Verse 14 says, The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. So we need to have our expectation because the Bible says, The Lord shall. Amen. The Lord shall. Verse 11 says, He is their help and their shield. Verse 12, He will bless us. Verse 13, He will bless them that fear the Lord. Verse 14, The Lord shall. So it is expected. Amen? Amen. Psalm 52, verse 22, the Bible says also, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Amen. Also in Psalm 37, verse 25, I have been young and now am old, yet, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. See, we can expect from God that He can really do, perform an increase in our lives, that He will truly bless us, that He will truly provide for all our needs. Amen. The Lord shall, the Lord will, and He is. And you know what, this week I shared this with our Bible study group. I was just so blessed. Um, so there's this old preacher, you know, and he's a missionary to Cambodia. His name is Pastor Antonio Isagani. All right, so, and you know what the pastors are doing right now since they can't really meet and they can have Bible study from house to house. They use this platform in order to proclaim God's word. And I'm not really sure of his schedule because, you know, they have their own schedule. Some people are doing it every day. Sometimes they have a certain part of the week wherein they, you know, go, on, um, go online, go live, and share the gospel. So while I'm, you know, um, surfing, I came across to his, to his page. And as soon as I saw it, I saw that no one is viewing it. He doesn't have any viewers. So I was like, oh, I, feel, I feel bad for him. Okay? And I believe I, he's not doing it, not because of the, the viewers, but I believe he just had you know, uh, an agreement before God, a covenant that I will do it, whether there's someone viewing it or not. So you know, I checked in, and I, I, and I viewed while he's sharing the message. So now there's one viewer, <laughs> and that is me. You, you know? And... And I believe that God just really nudged me and told me, you should watch. 
because I was really blessed by the sharing that he did. He was sharing his experiences in the ministry. And there was a point in his life where, you know, when his kids were still small and he, he already had like um, grandsons and all that. And you know, the life of a pastor is really hard. Sometimes they don't have anything, but they're still in the ministry. They're still, you know, doing the work. And they were in that situation and he was praying because they don't have money, they don't have food. And then the next day, they need money at exactly 6 o'clock. Before 6 o'clock, they need the money because, you know, the kids are going to school. They need transportation expenses and all that. So he was really praying so hard. I don't know if he was able to sleep that night, but he was really fervently praying to God, Lord, I know that you are the provider, that you are good that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Please provide our needs. The next day, maybe they don't have anything in their fridge. They will just, you know, I don't know. They will just die or something. But he was praying really so hard. And you know what happened the next day? Before 6 o'clock, there was a car who stopped by in their house, one of their members who had a lot of groceries. And that member was really praying, Lord, please give me someone that I can give these groceries to. And he went to the pastor's house and gave those groceries. And he even gave him, he said he gave him a thousand pesos. And you know what? This pastor was just really crying so hard because of joy. And he hugged that person. And the Lord just answered his prayer right there and then before six o'clock. You know, and I was like, you know, when he was sharing that, I just realized, Lord, you know, because in our life, um, Pastor Sam and uh, Pastor Jether know how hard life is also when we were young. And my, past, my dad is a pastor, he's a missionary. And there are times also that, Lord, um, we don't have anything to eat the next day. And we would really praying so hard that, because my dad has the support. He has a, a one church, just one church that support him. And every month, we would pray so hard as a little kid, Lord, please, may it come right on time. May it come, you know, may it come, because sometimes it doesn't come. You know, so... I just, remember the, I just remember those days where I was praying so fervently because of the dire need. And right now, I realize my life sometimes, you know, when it comes to food, we don't even pray and thank God for the food. And sometimes we thank God for the food that we have for the sake of praying for the food and thanking for the food. But not literally because we want to thank Him for providing for our needs because, yes, we have so many things in this country, in this nation. You know, this nation is flowing with milk and chicken, right? And sometimes we take it for granted. So I was like really so blessed. Lord, you broke my heart just watching this live stream, just watching the testimony and the message that this pastor had shared. And I finished, I finished the live stream. And at the end, there were two of us who were viewing. The other one is his granddaughter. <laughs> but I was really blessed. And that is our God. Amen. I know that there are moments in your life that God can, you know, testify His greatness and goodness in your life. That right now we can say, Lord, you are good and you are a great provider. And yes, you are the one who gives more to us and gives us increase. Amen. The expectation, the expansion, ye are blessed. What are the things that we need to increase? We'll just jump on. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love toward one another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. So he encouraged, Apostle Paul encouraged the Thessalonians to increase and abound in love one toward another, to abound more and more in their efforts to please God and to increase more and more in love. So we have to, what are the things that we need to increase? First, increase our love towards one another. Amen? Do you love the person next to you? Can you say to him or her, I love you in the love of the Lord. Lord, please increase our love towards one another. You know, our church has been, 
34 years, so long now. Sometimes we get so over familiarity with each other. Amen. And that love is sometimes getting depleted somehow. But every time we hear God's message, amen, we have to renew our love, not just for God, but for one another, because that is what we are commanded. Also in Luke 17, 5, and the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. So no, Lord, not just increase our love for one another. And I believe if we increase our love for one another, that's the same thing with God, because when we love God, we will love our brethren. Another thing, increase our faith, Lord. And this pandemic, sometimes it, you know, this pandemic, this virus shook our faith, right? But yes, we can still believe on Him. Amen? We can still believe of, um, on His power that He can keep us safe. Amen? I like the prayer of Brother Christian every time he prays. Lord, please, while we're doing this, keep us safe. Amen? Yes, because we need the safety and protection from God. You know, we can still have faith in His healing that He can still heal. We can still have faith in Him that He can still answer prayers, that He can still perform miracles, that He can still do wonderful works. You know, that He's still a blesser, that He still gives increase, that He can still save sinners, that He can still empower the saints. Lord, please increase our faith. You know what Charles Spurgeon says? Little faith gets you to heaven, and great faith gets heaven to happen on earth. You know, that should be our prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. We want heaven to be here on earth. And how can we do that? If we increase our faith to God, that He will perform that, that we will experience heaven while we are here on earth. Lord, please increase our faith that your kingdom will be advanced. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, Now he that ministereth seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed stone and increase the fruits of your righteousness. This is the third one. Lord, increase our love, increase our faith, and increase our fruits of righteousness. The definition of the fruits of your righteousness, so we now... So we know we are righteous because of Jesus, right? We know we produce fruit because we are bra uh, branches of the vine. That means that our spirits produce fruit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, you see the fruits of righteousness are the results of your righteousness through the blood of Jesus. Really, what we are saying here is that the fruit of righteousness and the fruit of the Spirit are the same thing. Galatians 5, 22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Amen. So Lord, please increase our fruit of righteousness, that we will do good works, do good deeds towards other people, that we will let our light shine before men, that we will do wonderful things to them, not because we want to be saved, but yes, because we are saved, we are doing good works to other people. Matthew 5, 16, the Bible says, let your light, I heard this from the Sunday school earlier, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. Isn't that the will of God in our lives, that we will let our light shine before this world? Amen. And I put verse number 15 there because we also want to see that. The verse 15 says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. I want us to give emphasis there, the word in the house. Amen. I believe that our light should shine first in our house. In our houses. In our own family. When it comes to the light of our salvation, make sure that before we go out there, our family is saved. They know the scripture. They know the, they know the true way of salvation. Amen. If you're a parent... If you're a father, you're a mother. It is your responsibility. Actually, the pastor, his first ministry is his family. And that is the same thing for all of us. When, when we want to show our light to the world, show it first in your house. 
Amen. Show it first in your house. Be kind first. Show those fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering first in our houses. Because sometimes we're so nice to other people, but in our own family, we are not. Right? And that is such a contradiction to the Bible. God, because God wants us to focus on our family first. And you know what? If we have a strong family here in our church, our church is going to be a strong church. Amen? So if you're a father, you're a mother, make sure, amen, that your children can, be, can see you, that you're really showing your light to them. Amen? And the last one, the formula of more. It's almost uh, 12 o'clock. Good thing we don't have a, like a wall clock that rings ding, ding, ding when it's 12, right? Okay, the formula of more. So what was the first one? The focus of more. The facilitator, the forecast, and the formula. What is the formula? Lord, please increase us more. This is the system that God has chosen. If we bless Him, He will bless us. If we make Him increase, He will make us increase. But of course, we have to be clear that our motivation to increase Him is not for us to be increased. Amen? It's just because He is truly a blesser. You know what? For Luke 14, 11, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You know, and we can read this a lot of instances in the Bible where in Christ is really, has really exemplified, you know, humility to live a humble life. For whosoever exalteth himself, he shall be humbled or he shall be abased, but he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And you know what? When it comes to salvation, the first step actually is for us to humble ourselves before God. Amen? That's why the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You have to realize, amen, if you're not saved this morning and you need salvation, you have to realize that you need salvation that can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That good works cannot save us, religion cannot save us, this church cannot save us, and you have to realize that there is only one God who has shown us the right path, who has shown us the right truth. The Bible says, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It was the very words of our Lord Jesus Christ, because yes, He is the only way to salvation. He is the God-man. He is our Savior. He is our Messiah. And you have to acknowledge that, Lord, I am nothing without you. I cannot save myself. I am humbly coming before you because I am a sinner and all my good deeds are just filthy rags before you. But a lot of people say, I can be saved by good works. And that is actually exalting yourself. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. It is never about good works. But a lot of people believe that they can get to heaven by good works. No, why? Because if you do good things and you think that you're going to heaven because of that, you're like exalting yourself. Very contrary to what the Bible is teaching us, that we have to humble ourselves so that we can be increased, we can be exalted by God. You know, we need humility when it comes to salvation and even our service to God. We always need humility when we do our service to God. You know, illustration, John the Baptist had a profound ministry philosophy. John 30, 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. You know, his attitude toward the Lord Jesus Christ was one of deep humility and reverence. In verse 31, he that cometh from above is above all. He made sure he was the preparer of the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. And all he had done is really to glorify and give praise to God because you know, he is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth, he that cometh from heaven is above all. And in Mark 1, 7, the Bible says, and preach, saying, there cometh one mightier than I. You know what? People look at John the Baptist, who's really so mighty and all so high and mighty, but this is the one claiming that he is not. There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. And what was God's response to this kind of humility and willingness? 
His response in Luke 7, 38, these are the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, we are all born of women, right? There is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Why? What a great commendation from God. You know, it's not a commendation from any, anyone here on earth, but these are the very words of Christ. Why? Because of that philosophy of John the Baptist. I must decrease, but he must increase. You know, in our text, David started out in verse 1, emphasizing, not unto us, not unto us, Lord, but unto, uh, but unto thy name give glory. And he, he even closes the chapter with, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. The formula is simple. When we get interested in blessing God, God will bless us. When we get serious about Him increasing, He gets serious about increasing us. Amen? Thinking of doing more this year, I hope that we will follow those formula. Amen? We have to give all the glory. Let's do everything for the glory of God in our lives, in our lives while we still have time. Amen? Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, thank you so much for your word that was preached today. Um, yes, Lord, we want to give all, 100%, 101%, to all to your name because you deserve. With all the things that you have done in our lives, saving us, sustaining us, letting us serve you, Lord, who we are. We are just sinners. But Lord, you're so gracious and so good to us that you have not just saved us, but Lord, the life that we have right now. We don't have the right to question you, to complain. Lord, I know that there's a lot of mishaps and bumps in our lives, but Lord, I know that you can still bless us that we can still weather the storm in our life because we know that you're always there with us and you will help us in the midst of our storm. Lord, thank you so much for the privilege that we can magnify your name, worship you. And while our eyes are closed and our heads bow, may I request Pastor Sam to continue this invitation.